0: Two passages, the first from John 1 and the second from Mark 4, an anticipation of hearing from our Lord that inspires what we just sang about great joy. As we turn now to his word, would you join me in a word of prayer? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, there's a a lot of things in this world that bring delight to us and indeed make us happy. But there's nothing that can bring us joy. It is a need that we have, this thing called joy, that only you can supply, only you can meet. Knowing that, Father, we turn to your word, expecting and anticipating the opportunity and experience of hearing your voice, hearing your word. We pray, Father, that as we read and as we listen, that our needs will be met. That joy will be our experience, a joy that comes from hearing, knowing you. Come, Heavenly Father, we ask for this gift, humbly, recognizing our need for it, feeling our desire for it. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior we'll start with John 1 and then go back to Mark 4 John 1 verse 1 the apostle tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning through him all things Things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. Has not overcome it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And we'll turn to Mark 4 and start reading at verse 13, where Jesus is explaining to his disciples what the parable of the sower means. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, (coughs) hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, (coughs) they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times what was sown. This is the word of our Lord and Savior. From my earliest memories, this season we are now in has been raised up as the happiest season of all. I don't know why Christmas specials, TV Christmas specials form such a or make up such a large part of my early childhood. We didn't really watch a lot of TV when I was growing up. But for some reason, uh, when I reflect upon what I remember about Christmas from my earliest days, they're pretty formative. I look back on Christmas and from the very earliest of my memories, I think of Christmas as being a time when magic is in the air Magic that brings life to jolly old souls like Frosty the Snowman. It is a time when even misfits like a red-nosed reindeer find their place. It is a season when miserly Scrooge souls become merry and generous. It is a healing time that swells undersized, grinch hearts, grinch souls with love and healing. It is a happy time, the happiest season of all. But happiness is not all that this season is about. And as I have aged, I have come to see that for many people, it is not the happiest season. And for that, I'm thankful that Advent points us in another direction, points us toward something deeper, something more splendid. Our Advent season reminds us that Christmas is a season full of a deeper beauty than happiness. It is the beauty of joy. Like Charlie Brown is led deeper and deeper into the heart of Christmas as he seeks to find out what Christmas is all about, our Advent preparation leads us deeper and deeper into the joyful center of christmas as the beauty of this joy beckons us to go below below the flash to go deeper than the busyness and the materialistic layers that have been shellacked onto this holy day we follow this call as we Day in, day out, through the Advent season, intentionally set aside time each day to listen to God speak to us through his word and as we do so and I would encourage you to do so this week, we are reminded that this is a joyful, a full of joy season first and foremost because it is the day or it is the time when we remember that Jesus was born. That this is the birthday of our King. And why is this such a joy-inspiring event? Well, because it is when Jesus was born that God's promise given to humanity in Genesis 3:15, that a, a son, the son of the woman would crush the serpent's head. That that is fulfilled and the serpent crusher came. Or as John tells us in 1 John 3.8, the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The son that is born, the son's birth that we celebrate is the son who came to crush, to destroy such things as animosity and hate. Anger and fear and doubt and shame. This season, this day, is joy inspiring also because on this day we are told in Scripture the reality of God's love for us was displayed in living color. John three sixteen. why was the son born for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son John picks that up again in his first letter writing in chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 this is how God showed his love to us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him This is a joy-filled season because this child that was born is love on display. God's love for us on display in such a way that only the blind fail to see. This is also a joyful day because when the son was born we the whole human whole of humanity was given the opportunity to enter into a relationship with God that was named by Isaiah in Isaiah 7:14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. So not only did the serpent crusher come, not only did God's love go on display, but with the birth of this son, with the birth of this child, God is telling us, is showing us, I am with you. And as he told Joshua, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When in your experience and in your days you find yourself resting in green pastures along quiet waters, places like that, know that it is me, it is I who have led you to this place. And I have blessed you with this time of peace. And I am here restoring your soul. Likewise, when you walk through the darkest valley, the darkest of which is the valley of the shadow of death, know that I am there where no one else can be. And it is my rod and my staff that brings you comfort. Comfort knowing that I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And in the end, you will dwell in my house forever. And when you find yourself surrounded by enemies, I, I, no, I'm there too. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. The serpent crusher was born, God's love was put on display, God's presence, promise of everlasting accompaniment was given. Our Savior came, the one who saves us from that which no one else can, as told to Joseph by the angel Gabriel in Matthew one twenty one, in which Joseph was told about Mary, that she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means the Lord saves Because he will save his people from their sin. John in John 1, 4 summarizes all of this. All of these reasons for this day being a day full of joy. When he writes, in him was life. And that life was the light of all humanity. In him was life. Advent calls us with the beautiful sounds, with the beautiful message that the serpent crusher came. The truth of God's love love was put on display The door to a reconciled relationship with God that will never end was thrown open. The saving lifeline from our sins was thrown and light came into the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome, has not defeated, has not extinguished this light. This is the joy beauty that beckons us to go deeper than the surface and is the reason that we sing such things as joy to the world the lord is come let earth receive her king but there's more there's more joy splendor to be embraced during our advent journey as we follow joy's call and intentionally set aside time each day to listen to god Speak to us through his word. We are reminded that this is a joyful season. Secondly, because Jesus' birth has made a world of difference for us. Hear the way that John summarizes it in John 1, 12 to 13. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, Jesus gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of descent nor of, of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. In 1 John 3.1, John picks that theme up again, and he shares with us the joy that, brought, that this reality brought him, saying, and I, I, I can't get it, I, I just, just can't get it. How great... How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. <laughs> and that's what we are. You and me, that's what we are. We're children of God. What amazing love. Do, 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 do you pick it up? I, I, that's just, I'm just a... I just can't get it. I, emotion and me, we're, we're getting closer, but I'm not real good at being being exuberant, emotion-filled, but John is. John is filled with wonder and amazement. John is enraptured here by the truth of God's having adopted us. Now, let me say, it would have been an amazing demonstration of, of God's love for him to Forgive us of our sins and redeem us from our life of sin, bringing us into a different kind of life and a different approach to life. But God went further than forgiveness and redemption. He made us his children. He made us his children. Roy, a Raven Nest, a pastor and scholar who wrote a commentary on this letter, encourages us to tune our ears to these notes of joy, writing, We dare not pass quickly over this point. Don't just, don't, 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 don't just read those words and skip right by them. Ponder them, feel them. Embrace them until you share the awe and wonder of the apostle at this truth. We are God's children. You and I are God's children. On the first Christmas day, Jesus came into this strange land to adopt us. He came into the darkness. You make rebellious creatures, daughters, and sons. Don't brush over that truth. Over the next week, reflect on it. Reflect upon the way that that truth changes who you see in the mirror. When you get up tomorrow morning and you're brushing your hair, if you have hair, or you're brushing your teeth, Look into the mirror and first realize how the world wants you to define yourself. The world tells us that we are defined by how we make our living, by what we can do, by what we're good at. I'm I'm, I'm really strong, so I'm a really good man. I'm really good at basketball, so I'm a really good man. The world wants us to define ourselves by how we look, by what we wear, by what we drive, by how strong we are, by how good we are at something. Or the world wants us to identify ourselves by our mistakes. But that's not what the Bible says. And this is the second thing I want you to feel as you look in the mirror I want you to, I encourage you to somehow remind yourself of who the Bible tells us we are. The Bible tells us that we are not defined by what we do, by how good we are, by our strengths or our weaknesses. The Bible tells us that we are defined by the one who was born in a manger. And he came so that we could be God's children. You can turn to 1 Peter 2 9 and 10 for a place to start in your reflection on who the Bible tells us we are. But reflect upon that. Second, this week, remember how it is that Jesus made us part of God's family. Go to John 10. Read verses 14 to 17 and reflect upon and hear and remember Jesus saying to you, I am your good shepherd. I know you, I must bring you to be part of my family. I will lay or I laid down my life for you. Reflect, remember. And then this week, spend some time looking ahead To what that means for our future. Turn to John 14. 1 to 3. And listen to Jesus say to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so. Would I have told you. That I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you. I will come back. And take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am I've listed a couple other passages in the sermon notes where you can the passages that you can use as this week you reflect upon the truth that we are god's children the that you remember how it is that we have come to be adopted into that status, and as you look ahead to what that means for your future. Well let me say again, what John said in Roman or in first John, or in John 1: 12 and 13, to those who did receive him who believed in his name, Jesus gave the right to be called children of God. That's why we sing such words as joy to the world. The Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ to express the joy that fills our hearts as we hear the truth coming through Scripture that we are God's children now. But as you do so, as you reflect upon and remember and look ahead, realize that these truths about being God's children and all that it means are not automatically ours to claim. There is a requirement. Hear what John says at the beginning of John 1.12. Or hear what John says in John 1, 9 to 11. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And then in verse 12, John says, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, Receiving Jesus, believing that this baby born in the manger is my only hope, is indeed the world's only hope, that is the requirement. And not everyone believes that. Not everyone receives Christ. In Mark 4 13 to 20, Jesus tells us some of the reasons why people don't receive Him. Some have hearts that are so hard with anger or hatred or the love of darkness that they run from Jesus, from his light when he shines into their lives. And instead of coming to the light, they go further into the darkness. Some have hearts that are shallow. They initially hear the joy of the good news, but it dies. That joy dies, and the Life that comes with it dies when they start to take heat for their believing, or when it's or when their faith costs them something, or when it's not popular to say, I believe in Jesus. Some, Jesus say, have weedy. Hearts filled with worry and want. And what other people think about them, that the good news of great joy is choked out. Perhaps, perhaps you know someone who falls into one of these three categories. Someone who has not received Jesus because their anger, because of their anger or their hatred or their love of darkness. Or because of what it would cost them if they did receive him or because of their worry and wants. Perhaps you see that today you fall into one of these categories. You recognize that you have not received Jesus. That you have not believed in his name. If either of those is true, then I ask you to join me as I lead us in this prayer. Will you pray with me? Lord, no more let sin and sorrows grow or thorns infest the ground of our hearts and the hearts of those we love. Your son came to make his blessings flow as far as the curse of death is found. Move in my heart and in the hearts of those I love, opening our eyes and softening our hearts and thereby making of a soil that is full of joy, soil that has received the sun that was born so long ago in the small, out-of-the-way place called Bethlehem. Come, Heavenly Father, help us to receive, help us to believe, fill us with joy. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.